understanding yourself is the most important thing of any entrepreneur because most of them do not. They understand like, that they want money, as many are hungry, but they do not understand themselves and that causes failure. You can't sustain that. You can't sustain misery for 25, 30 years to build an empire. You just can't. It's not possible. You're listening to Hawk Talk, a podcast all about the origin stories of the most interesting people in the world. Today, you know our guests as famous athletes, authors, and entrepreneurs, but there's so much more to this story. Let's get into today's interview with your host, Eric Huber. All right, you're listening to Hawk Talk. I'm here today with Michael Gruen. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you, Eric? Good, good. So yeah, you know, I have an assumption with a lot of the people I interview, including you, that you like came out of the womb and just started doing deals. Like, and I think you might be the closest to that of anyone I've interviewed. So take me back. Like, where were you born? How did it all start? Born in Brooklyn, New York, to an Orthodox Jewish family. Yeah. And I've been a deal junkie since I was in eighth grade. I get off on it. I love it. It's all I know how to do, honestly. Like the thing about being, I've always realized about entrepreneurship is like, we're only good at one thing. We're entrepreneurs and anyone really are good at like one or two things. And, you know, in society, like a big metric of success is cash, right? Or, or net worth. So in that regard, like entrepreneurs do really well, but we also lack in other areas, you know, that like sometimes I go, is it worth it? But I've always been a deal junkie entrepreneur and like I'm good at one thing, which is structuring and closing deals, not operations, literally just structuring and closing. I just do that all day. And so how did that start? Like what, what did your, other than being Orthodox Jews, what did your parents do? What was their profession? My dad works in the tourism industry, pretty high level executive in New York. My mom doesn't do anything. My mom's a marriage counselor for charity. She just helps people out in the community for free. Just you she, got uh, the heart and the hustle on both sides. <laughs> yeah, my, my mom is the nicest person in the world. Like, I legit, people always say that about their parents. But I don't say that about my dad. My dad could be an asshole. But love him, but he could be an asshole. My mom is, like, the sweetest person. I mean, that's also part of where, like, you know, I part of what drove me to be successful was also, like, my mom. I didn't really get a lot of time with my My mom never really understood me. Yeah. I grew up in an Orthodox family. People don't realize like a lot of the stuff that you think is normal doesn't apply. You can't have a girlfriend in 12th grade or 11th grade or 10th grade. Like it's not a thing. You can't hang out with girls. It's a lot of the things that are just like normal inside. You can't like, you, you can't have, you can't watch TV. Like all that stuff is like taboo, you know? Yeah. So I kind of grew up in what they thought was me under a rock, but they found out very quickly that I was kind of living a double life in that regard. So well, tell me about that. So were you actually like sneaking out and hanging out with friends that were outside the Orthodox community? Or well, I meant more at work. In terms of work, I was running, like, I was in eighth grade, and I it was on a game called RuneScape, and I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year selling accounts and, and gold on the game. And I just, I realized that, that rock, a very, by the way? yeah, that is how I met Bob. I just realized at a really young age that global currency is not going to fly, like fiat was, like, not going to be long-term. And I was looking for all forms of alternative currencies. So whether it was gaming, you know, I knew gaming would be something. I didn't know if it'd be long-term, because obviously... The economy is left up to a bunch of programmers sitting in an office. But I just knew that like there's going to be other mediums of exchange. And I made so much money off of RuneScape. And I loved the game. It was so much fun to play. So, so I was what like, led to it. that? Like give it take me back before eighth grade. Like what were you a gamer for a while and then got into RuneScape? Or were you did you have other business stuff you were doing? Or was it literally you fell into the first game you loved and you fell into the first business stuff you were doing? I mean, I was always like a hustler. So I was always like selling like little things or going like door to door. Like my uncle owned a Judaic store, which is like Jewish goods. So they sell like you know, all the Jewish like stuff. And I'd go door to door. He sells me wholesale, a little markup, and I'd kind of retail it at retail value and deliver it. So I was always like trying to hustle and do local things. But 
you know, we're, we're talking about a few hundred bucks, not a, not hundreds oh, yeah. of thousands. It's still, when you're 10 years old, making a few hundred bucks is still something. It's more than most. Yeah. Well, the thing is I spent it all the time. I just bought it on food. My mom yeah. is like the worst cook in the world, like the absolute worst cook in the world. And she, she admits it too. It's like, it's, yeah. like an, it's like a joke in my community. So my mom is like the most helpful person for cooking. We lack, my, my family lacks patience. Like I lack patience. My mom lacks patience. And cooking requires a lot of patience, right? Yep. Like to cook something right requires a lot of patience. So like we'd have food and it'd be like burnt or like, you know, instead of oil, she put applesauce and it tastes like shit. People always tell me like, oh, if your mom's cooking so bad, how'd you get fat? I'm like, it's called takeout, brother. I bought takeout every single night for 10 years of my life. You know, being in like nine years old, 10 years old and making, you know, thousand bucks a month, five, two, three thousand dollars a month. It's easy to go and, you know, take that money and buy like schnitzel sandwiches, you know, deep fried schnitzel sandwiches every night. And doesn't yeah. work well for the tummy. No, it does not. So and did your parents, like, even with the early hustle, did that come from your parents at all? Like, was your dad or mom like, hey, you should go out and make some bucks? Or you, or, no. Like, what, what was that? I'm curious what that first draw to that was. Like, that first time you did a some sort of little business deal. Dude, I was hungry. I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat my mom's food. Yeah? Yeah, I was hungry. Or was I need to go I, make some money so I could buy some food? It was literally, I want to buy some, make some money so I don't have to, like, starve myself to bed every night. That's literally how it started. Like, I did not like my, like, I did not like my mother's food. Also, I always enjoyed doing things. I, like I hated the act of like sitting down and, and doing nothing. That pisses me off even today. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, you should relax. It's like, and do what? And sit on my couch and watch more family guy. Like, yeah, doesn't, it just doesn't interest me. I'd rather like the challenge of the mental challenges for me are the best. So like going things on a road doesn't excite me. Like I need to be yeah. doing things that are stimulating and business has been always been that thing. And like, I, I was always the guy without hustle. Like even before I made money, I was collecting autographs. And I was in everyone's grill. Like I was mailing thousands of letters a day. I'd, I'd, I'd like buy hundreds of stamps and send out like autograph requests. Huh. I had like, a, I would go and meet them. Yeah, it was to sell them? No. Oh. Just like, just this at the time, which I was like eight or nine years old, it was really just to collect them. I thought it was cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cause I was like a big sports fan too. So I'd like go to games and like, you know, beginning I'd wait outside and then like, you know, I'd see executives walk out and get to know the executives. And then eventually they'd like let me get like, you know, batter, batting practice passes. It would help me. So I had like, I had like some really cool autographs back in the, from, you know, like when I had my Piazza stuff originals, like some really cool autographs that I got when I was a kid. So I was always like a hustler, whether it was for money or just to like get what I wanted. I was always like willing to put in the work. Yeah. Yep. You obviously have a level of confidence too, to go do that, like to go try to hit them up, get those tickets, et cetera. Did that, like, where did that come from? Where did that like, you know, just a lot of kids are know. shy. I don't know, man. It's natural. Like, that's what I always tell people. It's like, you, you can't, you can't want to be an entrepreneur. Either are you aren't. It really is a DNA like thing to it. And I mean, like, I'm not going to say you can't train yourself and succeed, but like, I always tell like, Josh and Griffin, it's like, cause sometimes Griffin's like, I don't know if, you know, confidence. And if you're thinking that you're probably not like, don't like, don't, don't doubt yourself. If you're doubting yourself, then you're probably not cut out. And like, I gave them slack cause like you're 21 and also in a weird situation with all this fame, et cetera. Yeah. But generally speaking, like you just do, entrepreneurs just do it. And there's like, you know, they don't see obstacles. They just What's figure that? it out and go for it. The Elon Musk line that everybody's putting off his clubhouse talk was like, someone asked him how he gets his motivation. He's like, if you, yeah, need, I saw that. If you need to get motivation, don't become an entrepreneur or something on those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's like been my, my fundamental problem with like the hustle porn culture. Like I like Gary a lot, Gary Vaynerchuk, and I speak to, I think the world of yeah. him and I, you know, more friendly, but it's just the trying to push people to be an entrepreneur is sometimes detrimental to them. I agree. Because they feel like they have to do it. When in reality, there's nothing wrong with being an employee and living that yeah. life. Like it's meant for people. Some people are just meant for that. And they're going to excel at other things, right? They can excel at, you know, at, at, at whether it's knowledge that they like or being good at a game or whatever it is that they like to do. Everyone's skill set's different. Maybe it's making people feel better. Maybe it's like 
you know what? Like sometimes when I'm having a hard day because I'm working for Griffin, Griffin will come to my room and just hang out with me. And that's what I need, right? I don't need him to be the entrepreneur. I just need that friend at night when I'm down or, you know, stressed and like just to hang out and like shoot the shit. And that's like the role he's fulfilling in that ecosystem. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, he doesn't have to be the deal structure, the deal closer. He could just be the friend that's like being there for me when I close deals for him. Yep. You know, so people like feel a need to go into that box because everyone's telling them to. And I think that's actually a detriment to the people that they're telling that to sometimes. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that's right. So you start, you're selling digital currency and accounts at, you know, in eighth grade. What happens next? Give me the story. So there's a story that you, I've never actually heard the full story, but I'm pretty sure you told me you had graduated college at 16. So no, I graduated 18. 18. Graduated 18. So here's what happened. That's, that's, I, not, to be clear. that's, that's not a usual thing. So let's hear the story. <laughs> well, here's what happened. So I was kind of doing this like behind the scenes stuff. Like I was doing this in like ninth grade, early ninth grade. And in eighth grade, like I was kind of just doing it. And remember, Jewish schools, you can't bring a phone to school. So yeah. like I used to buy like, you know, shittier phones. And they like, because they used to have a, a tank, a fish tank. They used to throw phones in that you used in school. Yeah. So, you know, I used, to, I used to buy like cheaper phones and like just trading stocks. I was always like trying to do things. Yeah. And one day, my rabbi was in ninth grade was shitting on Jeff Wolpon. I'm a big Mets fan. I was friendly with Jeff. And I raised my hand for like 20 minutes of him just like shitting on the Mets and like trying to, he was trying to make a point. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was stupid. And I raised my hand and I said, I said, I want you to know, like, you're talking, you're, you're impugning motives on somebody that you don't know. And I actually know him and I'm telling you, you're full of crap in front of the whole class. And he hated it. He kicked me out of class, said, I'm, you're not, you can't come back to school until your dad comes to school. So my dad comes the next morning. And we're all in the room with the principal, my rabbi, and, he, and the principal goes, uh, we have a problem here. My dad goes, what? He goes, your son's a compulsive liar. And my dad's like, what do he say? He's like, oh, he says he knows the Wilpons. And my dad's like, well, it's true. So yeah. <laughs> it's like a tough place to be. And that's kind of when like the school kind of lost hope on me. Like they realized like, okay, this kid's not doing normal things. And that's when my dad also realized like the system wasn't built for me. And, and you got to remember like, again, the Jewish system is like, you're in school from 7.30 in the morning until nine o'clock at night. And they do that to avoid you going out and they do that to avoid you from having distractions and like, you know, improper thoughts or whatever that is. So you're very, you're like, in general, if you're not built for the system, like it's very evident. Yeah. You can't like fake it. You can't fake being in school from 7.30 till 9 p.m. at night. It's just not possible. Yeah, you know? I, I was in school, what, from eight to three and I faked it all right, but any longer than that, I would have been out. Exactly, like you can fake it for a couple hours and just yeah. get it done. You can't fake it for... When you have no, no 15 yeah. hours and also yeah. remember it's a sunday too we work with school oh, okay. sundays our only off days was saturday or our, our, our fridays were happening. not allowed to do anything anywhere and then saturday also you can't do anything right yeah. it's sabbath so yeah. you're like you're not really left with much time to do things and that's kind of when at that point i knew like i gotta get out of here yeah. so i you know finagled my way out of high school to graduate and went to a local college transferred out graduated 18 and just been like been working ever since i never stopped and i never want to stop i don't work at this point so i have to i work because i want to and it's fun and like that's the best place to be the minute it becomes not fun i'm quitting and i'm yeah. running away totally can go there's plenty of places you could probably retire to already with the money you've made so not la and LA. honestly any no even la I, I mean remember i'm an original bitcoiner so it's not okay oh that's right yeah yeah so that i mean that's such a great little highlight is that because you were selling runescape and this is what 10 years ago now yeah probably bitcoin prop you met brock who was looking at bitcoin back then you bought you know I, I was told eight years ago to put 10 grand into it at eight bucks a coin and i didn't but but i did yeah and you did that's awesome and so during that time when you left high school were you how long were you doing the runescape thing before you started another hustle like, i could love another professional progression. I, honestly I, I stopped it when they banned my accounts like it wasn't because it wasn't meant to be a business for me it started off because i really loved the game 
Yeah. And like, it was just like, honestly, like it, it was like a fun thing. Originally it was like, I wanted to be the richest guy in the game and like own all the rare items and yeah. it kind of just evolved from there. But like, I very much love the game. Yeah. So it's very easy to, you know, start a business around something you really, really love. Yeah. And so what happened? What was the next hustle after RuneScape? And when did it start? So the next hustle was, was like drop shipping. And like, I was always doing like odds and stuff. My, my first like real thing was I was in ninth grade and I'm sitting courtside at a New Jersey Nets game. Yeah. And next to me, the seat, the seat right over to me on courtside and the seat right over to me is a, is a New York Giants like backup offensive lineman. Yeah. Like, I think it was like a late round pick. Like, didn't even know if this guy was going to identify. Yeah. And I was talking to him and he's like, you know, so look, I can't, I don't even know if I can feed my family. It's like, they want me to go to training camp. So if I want to go on the team, it's like guaranteed. He was like talking to me. And I was like, let me ask you a question. If I brought you some deals, would you throw me like a commission? And I didn't know what I was talking about. I was like, well, let me try to make some calls to see what's up. And he's like, sure. So I started like working for him and I would call like local pottery shops, local pizza shops, everything. I was on the phone every, all day, every day. I brought on a friend of mine from high school to like do a commission. It was like sell things. And I sold this guy probably like quarter million dollars in two and a half months of like local bullshit, like yeah. pottery shop, meeting greets, like yeah. random stuff. And then he was like so excited because it was like, that was more money than he was ever going to be, you know, that was guaranteed. Yeah. He was like introducing me to other players. Eventually I became like the everything guy for like half the New York Giants. Yeah. And he called me up for like jets. Like one time four in the morning, I get a call from this guy. And he's like, OBJ wants a jet. I'm like, that's cool. You can go buy one. I was like, I'm not fucking dealing with this before in the morning. But that's like what it became. It became like yeah. I was like the, one of the go-to guys, the Giants who asked for anything. And I was always a hustler. It's like they'd be like, do you have a connection with the New York Jets? Like, yeah, I do. And I'd be like, I'll figure it out. Yeah, exactly. I'd make a bunch of calls, send a bunch of cold emails, like figure it out. And nine, 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 ten times it worked. You know, I, I used to host like this football player. We'd host like charity events in Florida. So like I got to know like the CEOs of Wilson because they were sponsoring, but you know, they're giving out footballs and stuff. Yep. You know, Mitchell Modell, like just getting to know people based on like using, you know, just because I was doing this stuff. And it was always like, I never like abused these things. It was just like, you know, here's what I'm doing. If you want in, let me know. Sometimes they'd be like, you know, we'll donate items and there's like cash, whatever it was. We're yep. always really easy to deal with. And it kind of just grew that from there. Then I met this other guy who was an MVPA, MVP, which is the National Basketball Players Association. He was an agent, this guy, and he was looking for cash flow because the thing about being a sports agent is you're paying people, the top people get paid a bonus, right? So it's not like Major League Baseball where you are getting paid by the league. So like the team pays you the signing bonus. In the NBA, the actual agents give you a very nice signing bonus in order to attract you to sign with them. And we're talking about, it could be $5 million, depending on the player. Like if you're signing like Alonzo Ball type, it's 5 million bucks cash. Yeah. And a lot of the time you're limited on what you can commission wise. A lot of, sometimes we'll negotiate the first contract doesn't get commission. So it's, it's a losing business that they're getting unless you're a long-term. So this guy wanted to sign decent players, but like it's hard to compete when you're a new agent and all these bigger companies have funding, right? They have millions of dollars in the cash. So it's easy for them to be like, you know, bankroll Kevin Burnett, you know, when he was a rookie, but it's, it's hard for us. So I just said, like, I have what you have. I have what you need, which is cash on hand, right? Yeah. But you, and you have what I need, which is, like, he was older. He was a 26, and he had, and he was a certified agent. I couldn't get certified. Yeah. So I was too young. So I was like, great. Let's partner. I'll give you what I have, which is cash on hand. And you give me what you have, which is certification. And that yeah. business ended up doing really well. That was, like, the first real company that I was, like, building. And so you, that was from ninth grade to when? Like, how long did you do that for? Tenth and a half. Oh, so a year and a half? Yeah. Okay. Not bad. And when you did that, he, the company merged with another company. So I got ousted on purpose. Like I didn't, I was like done with it. And he, and I got some money and he was happy. Everyone was happy. Oh, 
And then, so what happened next? What was the next thing? So the next thing was a company called Creator Edge Media, which was like a, one of the OG influencer companies mm-hmm. that I started with a guy named Jace Norman, who played Henry Danger on Nickelodeon's Henry Danger. That company did well, but I How didn't you like him? the baby. Where did that come from? Where did I meet him? I met him through like a random friend in New York, actually. It's like really obscure. And he was actually the first person that ever like really treated me nicely in LA. And he was like, you know, the number one Nickelodeon show at the time. So like, he was like a king of like, you know, young children's television and every influencer wanted to be with him. Like he was the guy and we worked a lot together, but he was never really motivated by money. And it was a lot, of, you know, it's a lot of work to build a company. And like, he's a lot of these kids are like, yeah, we'll build a company. And then it's like, when the, when the work comes to them, they're like, oh, what? Yeah. You know, so that was kind of what happened there. He was just, he like, you know, he just wasn't interested in like putting any amount of work. And I was like, no worries. So left that and then kind of dabbled in politics for a bit, did some consulting, you know, obviously like have a lot of friends that were high up at the time in government. So it was like a fun little thing to be around. And then from there, I, I went to crypto well, and before, I joined. Real quick, like, I'm, I, Cause I know a little bit of the story, but you left the talent, the influencer stuff and you ended up pairing up with the Mooch, right? Mooch was a good friend. I mean, I'm the guy who plays both sides of the aisle. I, I understand what it means to be a diplomat and be smart about it. I have, you know, friends with Everyone from Valerie Jared down to Mooch to Spicer. I mean, I just know a lot of these people. And I, I don't know. I don't impugn motives. Like a lot of people, I think, you know, I, I think at the other day is like, they're all fucked anyway. I don't think like politics is going to make much of a difference. So I just kind of like laugh it off. And I understand people like, they're evil. Just, like, I don't care. Uh, as long as like they're good people to me and like they're night, you know, they're not. It's, it's a hard place to be in, obviously, because everyone gets victimized and, and everyone gets villainized. Because my understanding was you worked with the Mooch a little bit on the campaign and then went to the White House with him for a week and then... Dwight- I never went... To, I, so I never formally went to the White House. I was supposed okay. to. But he he actually formally never started. If you go look at the press release when they announced him, his date, his start date is like two weeks later. He never actually started officially. Got it. He was, right. When he was there, he was doing like the pre-work, like setting himself up. And I, he might have been on payroll. I don't actually know the semantics. But like, if you go look at the press release, he was never, he, his start date was later than his actual yeah. start. So, you know, his whole thing was a mess. Like John Darcy from Skybird was supposed to join. I mean, his whole team didn't really, never, no one really materialized. But I hung around the White House for a while when he was there and, and beyond. And obviously I've introduced you to Mooch and you've done a lot of work with him and yep. he's great. And like people, yeah, people like even, you know, now he's weird because he's like, both sides don't like him, but I love him. You know, yeah. he's kind of in like, a, he's a little persona non grata, I, but I love the guy. He's, he's the smartest and people think he's like an idiot i'm like no 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 you're like this guy's a harvard lawyer like, he, he's no slouch and but he's, fun, he's no he's a class class act nicest guy would do anything for you so yeah that, that's kind of that little chapter but that was more of like a shits and giggle chapter right? i had some money wasn't doing some venture having fun it was like more of a shits and giggle like fun chapter in my life and then from there i, I went i moved to la started well joined a company called everpedia as one of their heads of development co-founded with them a, a stable coin with Stephen Moore, Trump's nominee on the Federal Reserve, both cracks, formerly known as the Central Bank. And then I was working at the time and I was friends with this guy named Bryce Hall. Bryce is one of the Sway members. And this was pretty, pretty Sway. This is like three, you know, two and a half, three years ago. And I met Josh at his house. Josh and I originally actually hated each other, but we became friendly, you know, just talking at night. And, you know, from there kind of evolved where I was like working with him a little bit on the side. And then eventually, you know, we started this company and it was supposed to be like a side thing. I never showed up to my real job and they kind of got pissed. So I got kind of, my vest got canceled there and I was kind of like, you know what, fuck it. I'll just see where this goes. And it's been fun. I mean, you know, it's like working with your best friends every day and it's like, I'm not needing cash, chasing the bag without, without beer, like without having fun. It's just not worth it. And now I get to work every day with two of my best friends. So, you know, it, it's like a lot more fun. <laughs> and so let's dive into that. So at this point you're 22, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so 22 years old, you've had a bigger career than most people before they pass away at 80. Um, and you're, you're going to started. I mean, listen, you've built a sports agency and influencer company. You've gotten to di- cryptocurrency. You worked in the White House for a small period of time. Like, you, I think it's a pretty, you've got a pretty cool path already. I'm in blast. Yeah. And that's awesome. And I think the way you think about it is awesome too, which is like, do it because you love it. And if you're having fun, great. If you're not, change it up, do something else. And so with it, with what we're doing now, you're doing deals, you're getting endorsement deals for these guys and stuff. You're doing a lot of adventure investing. Like, give me the kind of full spectrum of what you're doing. And just for the clarity of people that don't know, you're working with some of the top male TikTok stars on the planet that have built a bigger brand than for themselves than that at this point. They're working with Trillion. Yeah. Broader. So I, you know, I, I started a company called Talent X. Josh is actually co-founder of it. Josh Richards, one of the largest influencers. He, the reason why I started this whole thing with him was because I saw that he wasn't the t- a typical like social media guy. It's what brought me back into the space because I had promised myself I'll never go back because it was literally babysitting when I first was in it. And I saw something different about him. You know, it, it wasn't like he was Mr. Creative or, or, or anything like that. It just, there was something about how he thought in, in numerical terms that were really, was really interesting to me. And we've kind of built, like, I run basically the M&A for all, for, you know, the Sway guys. And then that's everything from buying, you know, we bought Silly Bands, the company, the, the you know, the, the legacy company. We're doing a deal with you that's coming up pretty shortly. So anything to do with, like, real development. And I, I let my team kind of handle, like, most of the, uh, you know, stupid stuff. Got it. Very cool. And so we've got a couple more questions for you. What do you think's next? Like, what, do, you, do you just do this till you get bored? Or do you have some plans for something bigger? Where do you see this going? Well, well, the thing about the cool thing about doing this is so many things come out of it, right? Like we're, we're advising so many different companies, you know, we're doing a deal with you. That's going to be, you know, I'm going to be more involved in, we have an announcement with Josh and a pretty large A-list actor coming up that I'm really excited about. That's going to be, we're building a, a company together. So, you know, there's so much actual development. So at this point, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more on building than I am on managing. That's kind of where like, I like to be, it's a sweet spot, right? I get to meet yeah. my friends at Rich, I get to work with them, but you know, we're, we're building a lot of independent brands. So at this point, like I'm really just founder of like eight or nine different companies and advisors to some of them and, you know, just doing like a lot of real development work. So I kind of like this. It's, it's a sweet spot for me. It's like I'm building again, which is nice. I own real companies, real equity, which is nice. I get to work with my best friends, which is nice. I get to make them rich, which is even nicer. So I'm going to, you know, I'm really happy. I'm going to get spot. That's awesome. And so last question for me is, you know, even in the short time you've been on the planet, you've accomplished a lot. What's your advice to someone that's trying to either just get started? I agree with you on the hustle born thing. I think like not pushing to go that direction if you're not ready for it is good. But like, let's say someone's ready. What's your big piece of advice? What do you think got you here and gave you that edge? Clear conviction. I think that people, if you're, if you're doubting yourself, like don't push yourself to do it necessarily. You know, it's like, my life is not, the thing is, if, if you didn't want to do what I did, your life would be hell if you did what I did because it's crazy, right? People see my calendar and they're like, what the fuck, dude? And I'm just like, but I like that. I don't want it any other way. If I did, I'd tell my system, don't schedule it, right? Like, I want it this way. You think it's crazy, so then don't do it. Don't force yourself to do something because other people are doing it. You know, everyone has their own way. Like, some people are very free flow. You know, Nepal doesn't schedule calls. It's like, just call me and I'll call you back. It's just not how I operate. Like, you know, everyone operates differently. And don't force yourself because other people or your book or the book said it, or, you know, you see somebody else, you go, oh, they're successful. Like, let me do the same thing. Because if you do that, you'll just be miserable. And like, it's not, it's not, no amount of money is worth being miserable, right? Like, it's it's just not, you need to be, you need to, it doesn't mean by like, don't push yourself. It's not like, well, I don't want to be miserable. So I'm going to sit at home and smoke weed and just watch family. I don't like, that's not good either. You know, you have to be honest with yourself, which is like, what's the healthy balance of your work versus like, what's not. But for me, if I had myself sitting at five o'clock and I'm like, I have nothing to do. I wouldn't be happy. That would cause me to be miserable. 
Yep. Right. So for me, I need to have things, you know, for me, if I'm, if I'm not working until about eight or nine o'clock at night, it's not good for me. Like I, it bothers me because I feel unproductive. So for me, it's, it's what I need to do. And that's for people talk about burnout a lot or imposter syndrome. You only burn out when you're doing things you don't want to do. You don't burn out if you're doing things you want to do, you know, and I'm at a point in my life where I just, if I don't want to do something, I just say, no, I'm not yeah. doing it. Yeah. Or I have stuff to handle for me. You know, lots of I'm like, Marshall, take it. I'm not doing this, you know, and that that's like the benefit. So just make sure you like understanding yourself is the most important thing of any entrepreneur because most of them do not. So they understand, they understand like, that they want money as many are hungry, but they do not understand themselves and that causes failure. You can't sustain yeah. that. You can't sustain misery for 25, 30 years to build an empire. You just can't. It's not possible. I totally agree. I mean, I think, you know, you see, you kind of mentioned it in the beginning, but the hustle porn side of it, where it's like, no, all, all billionaires get up at three o'clock in the morning, they sleep two hours and then they work all the day and they don't do anything else. It's like, no, that first off, that's completely not true. Second off, like, yeah, it's definitely not true. I know, I know billionaires wake up nine, ten. Yeah. And it's like, if that, and if it were true, but it doesn't work for you, you can't do that. Like stop it. It's that idea. Yeah. You look at other people's success and try to emulate how they did it. It's, they did it that way. That's never going to work that way again. And like, you've got to do it your way. And what happens happens. But you, you, as you said, burnout and imposter syndrome happen when you're not doing the right things. Like I see a lot of entrepreneurs talk about both heavily and I look at it and I'm like, Am I the weird one that hasn't experienced that? Like, don't get me wrong. I've had days when I'm like, I don't want to work anymore and I'll take a break. But, you know, and there's yeah. problems I deal with running a business because running a business is dealing with the biggest problems. If you're the owner, you're going to deal with the biggest shit. But if you're like, if you're not into that, you probably shouldn't have done this in the first place. And I think the last point- million, made, million percent. And the last point you made that's super important is like, there's no victims in this. We chose to be business owners. Like, I don't feel sorry for a business owner that's miserable being a business owner. Then don't fucking do it. Go get a job. I only feel sorry for business owners when they're getting attacked by government or other things that are like out of their control and that shouldn't be, and that shouldn't be there. But if you're dealing with the traditional struggles of like hiring, firing lawsuits, like it sucks to get me wrong, but that's what you signed up for. You know, I always say, it's like, I always say there's like a life force majeure clause. It's like, if you do anything that, you know, within the norm, like the COVID pandemic killed a lot of businesses that sucks. Like, yeah. you know, and that shouldn't have been something that, that hurt them this bad. And, and I'm not even saying lockdown, not lockdown, I'm just talking about just in general, like yeah. no one expected this pandemic to occur. And, you know, millions of people's companies are, are lost. Like my dad's company basically went to shit and like, yeah. you know, you're lucky and I'm lucky we work in digital where we thrived, but a lot of people don't. And that's like the only time where I feel bad for entrepreneurs. And that's why I think the Barstool Fund was so incredible and it's like you know yeah. as much as dave hates me, hates me i think what dave's did there is incredible like it's 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 crazy i mean it, it really is like he's the only person that said like i'm gonna have the balls to do it myself yeah and i don't like a small scum i'm like 200k like 27 28 29 million dollars like that's real money and you help million he helped real people you know so what am I, and that's the I, thing you look at the government stimulus of like a trillion dollars like why didn't they take 100 million and do what he did like it's just yeah Noxious. Here's the thing about the stimulus that people don't get. You're paying for that down the road. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not saying it wasn't good to do it. Yeah, I'm just saying, did. like, there's a, the reason why Bitcoin is so valuable is because the government doesn't keep themselves accountable to their own money. Correct. So the inflation situation that's going to happen, I think, is going to be serious. I don't well, the realized inflation rate is still zero, which is why I'm very the, scared. The problem with the way they calculated the inflation rate is they're talking about a fucking jug of milk and like. I'm yeah. agreeing with you. I'm oh, agreeing. No, I know with you are. What I'm, which like, is what I'm saying. Yeah. You look at the stock market. You look at you look at the places people are putting the stimulus money, which is in the market, in private businesses, which multiples are insane right now, and in homes, home prices. The venture, the venture multiples, dude, are off the fucking insane. chart. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. Like. 
I, I'm passive on amazing deals. I'm just like, I cannot do yeah. this. Like it just, I cannot in good conscience put someone else's money here. Exactly. I, I just can't yeah. do it. I yeah. feel like an way, asshole. And that's what's interesting is like that asset inflation that's happening might not go away. The dollar might devalue to that level. So that's not great. Nope, wouldn't be good. What's your Bitcoin prediction? Last question for you. What's your what's your Bitcoin prediction long term? So I don't have a lot, but I'm holding it long term because to me it's a hedge against a lot of other things. And you know, I, I think where do you think it's going to go? Where do you think it's going to go? Cap? I have no idea. I'm I'm, a, I'm not that educated on it, but you know, I think I, I definitely think it's breaking a quarter million at some point. I think that's a no brainer. Um, no brainer. Yeah, but I think it I think it's good a chance it goes higher than that. Significantly. I think it hits yeah. half. A, I think it hits half a million bucks. Well, by at some point, I guess what time frame are we talking here? 10 years. Yeah, I think that's possible. I, I mean, I think now when you have like companies like Tesla putting in serious balance sheet money into it and validating it, like that, that's a whole new step in the direction of like, this is here to yeah. stay. And it's, you know, to me, Bitcoin reminds me of gold. It's not a currency. The way we use it, it's a storage of wealth from the way we use it now. It's not even that, dude. It's its own asset class. Like people try to put it into a box. Like people say gold 2.0. I'm just like, eh, I don't know, man. It's hard to, because part of part of the problem with gold is, although we know around how much there is, you always can find more gold. Like yeah. there's, there's the thing about Bitcoin is we know exactly how many Bitcoin there are in the world and you can't make more. And that like is such a unique, there's nothing like that. No, that's and I, what I meant by it is it's the same idea where it's like, it's a store yeah. of wealth yeah. because people subscribe a value to it. Like what the fuck is gold? What am I going to use gold? It's literally useless other than people think it's useful. And so yep. same thing with Bitcoin, in my opinion, and now it's validated enough that I think it's something, there's something there. I agree with you. Yep. Well, Eric, you're the man. We're excited Thank to do some business with you, dude. Same. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you coming no, on. No, of course. My pleasure, brother. All right. Talk soon, buddy. Anything you ever need. Hawk Media is your outsourced CMO and marketing team. We'll dive into your business for free. Identify opportunities in your marketing strategy. Then get you teamed up with individual experts all month-to-month -month and a la carte. Whether you're looking for a Facebook advertiser, a web designer, or a fractional CMO, we can help you drive growth for your business. We've successfully grown over 2,500 brands, and we're here to help you too. No matter your goal, we've got you covered. To learn more, visit hawkmedia.com. That's hawk with an E, media.com. You've been listening to Hawk Talk. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars you think this podcast deserves. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.